0: We're going to be talking some MLS with Brian Schredder, the Shredder over there in America and we're going to be talking about the situation, well, Lionel Messi is shredding the competition. We, we cannot put it into words, into context, what he has done for the MLS and it is phenomenal to think a player, one player, the best player I must say in the world, heading to the MLS, into Miami and seeing this team flourish. Yes, the competition probably isn't competitive. It definitely isn't competitive as as the big major leagues around the globe. But that aside, this is growing the game of football in America. And when America get a sniff of something, they invest heavily, and it will be no surprise to see MLS and Inter Miami absolutely flourishing on the world stage. This is just the start, I feel, for David Beckham and his team. And Ryder at American Soccer New... uh, now, work also appears and, uh, on the New York Times and Soccer America's Brian Shredder, and he's going to help us uh, talk about this situation with Lionel Messi. Brian, thank you so much for joining us,
1: mate. Thank you very much for having me on.
0: Hey, mate, just I can't, I've just been watching Lionel Messi absolutely shred it for Inter Miami, and it's no surprise he's having such success. But did you ever, ever think this would happen?
1: You know, uh, when David Beckham announced the team in Miami, I was kind of there. There was always the belief that this team was going to do something crazy, like really, really impressive and, and shocking. Jorge Mas is also um, the other owner with David Beckham, a very, very wealthy man, um, and he wanted to make a huge splash. That that something was like this uh, could be possible, and um, I didn't. You know, I, I always had my doubts especially when the Saudis were getting involved and throwing around the money that they were. But I, I knew that they were going to do something special and memorable. I knew that they had this as a goal. Um, but, you know, um, credit to them. They pulled it off. Um, you know, it, it goes – it's a different direction than how the league generally goes. It's Generally, they've, they've ditched the retirement league and the older players. They've been trending more towards younger South Americans. Um, you Miguel Almirons and, and that, that kind of a player. That they yeah that that they've that they've done and um, you know Tati Castellanos, who's had tremendous success that was, that's been kind of like how the league's been trending but sometimes you know look when you can get a, a Lion, Lionel Messi and then obviously get Pescat and Alba Davalo you just can't not do that and now they're also acquiring all these really top other uh, like uh, Argentine youth internationals to supplement the team and some other American youth internationals to supplement the team. It's really an exciting project on many different fronts. And, and, um, and yeah, it, it's, it's, just, it's, it's just tremendous.
0: So this is happening for Inter Miami, and we know how much of a success it is for them. But as a tournament, as a competition, do you see other teams following suit and potentially flying? Is this great for the game of soccer in Major League Soccer?
1: Well, I'll tell you what. I'm I'm not in the United States right now. I'm visiting family in Italy. Um, but let me tell you. Since I've been here, I've seen three or four Inter Miami Messi shirts, um, wow. and that's just that's just something out of this world. Um, yeah, it's going to be great for for look. Attendance is going to look. They're already selling Apple subscriptions here um, in the United States uh, for to watch Major League Soccer. Um, obviously, Inter Miami games are a huge hit right now um at uh, home away to get to get tickets to watch him play but uh, this is um yeah it's big it's going to draw eyeballs but i think the goal is is look messi will be here for two or three years and uh and then after that what's what's the story how many of them are going to stick around that's the test to make mm-hmm. this a lasting thing not just a quick shot of adrenaline um look i think beckham was ultimately a success for L- the la galaxy and the league and i think messi's going to be even more so um And right now, they're having the League's Cup competition. That's all he's played in. He hasn't played an MLS game yet. That's a tournament that's newly created between all the teams of Mexico and all the teams of MLS. And, um, you know, that and the fact that you're also seeing a lot of MLS teams, uh, you know, competing very favorably with Liga MX teams, that's kind of something that you used to not see in the league before. So they're proving their quality as a league on the field, which is only going to help endear themselves to the Mexican-American community in the United States when they have a – competition of knowing that they have a worthy competition to follow because the Mexican American audience is massive I mean I'm talking just unbelievably massive by a a global standard
0: Brian what does this the trajectory of soccer like in the universities uh, unfortunately your girls got knocked out of the FIFA World Cup but what does it mean as far as NBA NFL on this trajectory is soccer rival both the NFL and NBA one day is that the is that the talk of the town
1: I mean, it's getting there. I, mean, I think what we're finding now is like is that there's that there's um, there's there's appetite for a lot of different sports here. I mean, the NFL, as big as it is, is still only like a 17 week um, schedule. It's not very long, and there's certainly midday weeks and stuff to uh, of availability. America has a plenty of room for as a country of 330 million people to support as many sports as as you can get. Um, there's no real limit now in terms of what it's competing on uh you know i think it's uh you know it's competing favorably i think with baseball in a way um because uh the, that's the you know that that's the baseball and, and mls schedules are more on par um they start around the same time they you know mls goes a little bit further but you know they they they, they peak during the summer months and into the fall um but there's no real problem selling um you know, major league soccer tickets, I mean, attendance is good and viewership is good. You know, there's, there's little tweaks that they have to figure out. But the trajectory of the sport here is, is excellent. I mean, and, you know, and I think the proof is really in the league, you know, how well the teams are playing, but also in the, the, the players and the quality of players itself to top European teams. That's really impressive. I mean, there's a, every, year, every transfer window there's a big money, uh, big value of players heads abroad and they keep getting replenished with more players, um, both American and Canadian too, because it is a Canadian league.
0: So speaking of peaking, you've pretty much hit the peak of Mount Everest when you signed Lionel Messi. If you had a wish list, could you potentially see more superstars coming over to the MLS? I know there's been drips and drabs from his former Barca teammates that have been a part of the team.
1: Yeah, you know, I think they want to be careful with going with just looking for older players, um, you know, they've tried that. I mean, look, th- that's why the messy thing goes contra to what the uh, counters, what the league, the progression of the league has been. I mean, look, they had Andrea Pirlo come over here and Frank Lampard come over here and Steven Gerrard, and, and none of those none of those moves were successful. Um, mm. You know, it, it, it really takes a special kind of play. But the, the successful route, like I said, is Tate Castellanos, who moved, you know, I mean, he scored four goals against Real Madrid, in a La Liga game, um, because he was just sold, he was on loan from New York City FC. You know, those are kind of what they want to be able to do: is have another sell-on after this league, and you know, have it be like a, like a, like a place where players can, first, you know, a step in the chain, not a, not the end link in a chain. But look, there's always going to be players that you want to get over back over here. Um, I think the wish list is, is after the World Cup to bring back, maybe Christian Pulisic, um, because of he's he's such a great U.S. national team player. To have a, an american presence um in the league but we'll see you know, you know obviously the benefit though here is is that while this isn't saudi arabia money the owners and the owners of mls teams are very very wealthy people for the most part they're mostly billionaires they they can they can afford to bring over some very good players too and players that but only if they think they're going to win and they have to find the right type of player who's not coming here on a holiday to Kind of cash in the end of his career. They, they got to come here to compete because the ba- the base of the league is still young domestic American players who are very hungry. And you know, and 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 no matter how if you're old and you're just kind of like here for a paycheck, it's going to be tough to compete against a younger group of players like, like that.
0: Why didn't I play football? Anyway, that's another question, um, mate. Just just on Lionel Messi and into Miami, we've seen so much success. Particularly with Lionel, he doesn't look like he's slowing down, and he looks like he's a happy player at the moment. He's playing full of confidence and with such charisma and finesse. But on the world stage, how does Inter Miami compete on the world stage? If they had an opportunity to face other clubs in Europe, around the globe, would they be able to compete?
1: I think so. I mean, look, would they? You know, it's going to be tough to, to compete against, you know, like the best of. Like La Liga or the Premier League or the Bundesliga, but Europe's the big continent. You know, it's it's there, there's there's a, there, there, there's 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 a lot of soccer in Europe that's not as good as MLS. I mean, you know, so it comes down to what you're saying. You know, look, I think you know the 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 trajectory is this. I think, and I know MLS is, has their eye on this. They're they're creating a tournament that is not just the Concacaf Champions League, but is also going to you know it's going to take the some of the teams from the Libertadores, and I think they also want to get involved with the Libertadores. You know, so you play against your Boca Juniors, or River Plate, in meaningful competition. And then I think in 2025, they're going to have the first expanded Club World Cup competition, um, and the United States is going to host that. Now, I know MLS teams, because they're going to be invited as a host team, they want to be um, front and center at that Club World Cup and, and be able to compete with some of these European teams, you know, look, if they go against Real Madrid, they have problems, you know, but if they, if they can, you know, but if they can, you know, if they can play well against other teams and, you know, in expanded Europe, I think it's going to show real progress. Um, uh, you know, so there's, there's going to be more opportunities now for MLS teams, not just to play as Liga MX teams, but also to, to play against European teams and South American teams, you know, it's a slow process, but they, that's how they want to get there is, um, is to, uh, is to test themselves beyond their boundaries because they know those opportunities are coming up both in the Libertadores, possibly in the Libertadores and in the Club World Cup as well.
0: Brian, you mentioned all the billionaires that are involved that own MLS clubs. You, we've obviously seen Wrexham blow up with Ryan Reynolds, Rob McElhenney, um, Chelsea with Todd Bowley. I know Bournemouth have got American owners. This seems to be more and more Americans investing in, in British football. Do you, do you, do you, does that take away from... MLS do you think at all or do you eventually see for example Todd Bowley owning the LA Galaxy as well and it becoming a network
1: I mean it it, it hasn't really slowed um MLS teams from you know look I mean it wouldn't really be a problem if like you know if the MLS owners were were like were, were much poorer than the people buying teams over overseas I mean Arthur Blank um you know, he owns an NFL team, and now he owns an MLS team. And he actually gets more questions on the radio. And every holds a press conference, he has more questions asked about Atlanta United than he does with the Atlanta Falcons. Um, you know, I, I, there's, I, there's a lot of wealth in the United States in terms of the number of billionaires, number of, you know, and there's going to be some that want the prestige of owning a European club. And and, and you can't deny that, like when you can own Tottenham or, um, or Chelsea, that's, that's just a different status here. But I mean, there's just been some that have just had found a lot more fun um, owning a domestic team and watching it grow and, and and minding what's in their own backyard. Uh, I don't really see a problem with with how the how the league is run. There's some owners that that own teams in Europe and own teams here, um, such as Colorado Rapids uh, have common ownership with Arsenal. But the but with um, you know, uh, it, it just it really comes down to you want an owner who's in it for the who wants to. You know, not just be a, uh, an absentee landlord, but have an active hand in running the team, right? So, uh, you know, and that's really what separates success and failure in MLS. So as long as there's enough really rich people owning teams that really care about the team, it doesn't matter if there's greater numbers in Europe.
0: Well, Brian, there's a, a, a tournament that's going to be held in the United States in 2031, the Rugby World Cup. Do you follow any rugby? <laughs>
1: I mean, I, I, I've been to, they, they had some old uh, they, I, I went to, um, I went to uh, see uh, the London Irish, which I know have some real problems, and, uh, and, and Saracens had a, a Premier League game in New Jersey, where I'm from, um, and that's the only rugby game I've ever attended. Uh, but, you know, it would be something I would love to, to watch more of, and maybe I'll go see some Rugby Sevens. Well, I'm covering the Olympics next year in, in, in Paris, so I'm, I'm hoping to maybe catch a Rugby Sevens game. Uh, but well,
0: unfortunately, MLR I do I have
1: to talk about it. Was that
0: the the MLR, the, the Major League Rugby competition over in the United States, is absolutely gaining traction there at the moment. So, I'm sure that will yeah. be on your radar soon. So,
1: appreciate your time, Brian. I would love to be able to get more into it. But thank you very much. I appreciate it.
0: Awesome. You have a good day, mate. Thanks for your finding time for us in Venice, mate. Thank go you very enjoy much, the guys. time. What? Well, What's the weather like over there, mate? Are you sipping on some cocktails and enjoying yourself?
1: Yeah, it's it, it's hot in the day and it's it's very pleasant at the evening, like it is right now. So um, no complaints at all. It's a it's a it's always a it's a bit of a it's a bit touristy, but who cares? You can't really beat the scenery.
0: <laughs> Beautiful. Thanks very much, mate. Have a good holiday.
1: Thank you very much, guys.
0: There he is, Bryant Shredder, talking about the MLS at the moment, and uh, yeah, it's it was a fascinating chat. I've always been fascinated about it. Look, oh, I really, I've enjoyed watching um, Lionel Messi go and do his work over there in the MLS and putting that that sport on the map. And it just, I was had dinner with Andy Ellis, and he's had a lot to do with New York rugby. Over in the MLR and talking about, he's an advisor for them, and he spoke about the owners. There are the Bolton Group, and uh, Bellinis, but they are part of these MLR teams, and they're just passionate about sport, particularly with rugby. And they, you know, they're really enjoying it. And now that there's a World Cup there in 2031, rugby is on the radar in the United States. And I heard a rumor. I heard a rumor, lads. That LA potentially world rugby with the World Cup being there in 2031, are trying to get a super rugby team out of Ooh. LA.
1: Wow. Putting the boots back on.
0: No chance whatsoever. <laughs> but how good is that? <laughs> a super rugby team out of LA. Can you see? It'd be like an po- po- NRL team out of the Gold yeah. Coast. Well, it would work because, I mean, the time difference, mm. you know, at certain times of the year between the West Coast and here's only three hours. You know, so from from a TV point of view, it works as well. Mm. I think it's great. Man, and Will Rugby have seen uh, the positives from sport in America and the World Cup's here, so why not? Give them an opportunity to have their own rugby team, part of Super Rugby. Is that what you want? Would that excite you at home? Is that a bit of entertainment for you? Maybe a wee trip across the ditch, not the ditch, but you know what I mean, that ocean over there, to America, and go and watch some Super Rugby. Love to hear from you on 8833. Heaps of messages, though, lads. We can't fill up the text machine too much. No, we can. Keep going. we are got to go away. and We'll come back with Off the Back Fence with Tony Kemp. You're listening to Ozzie Kemp before breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the home of big brand vitamins at the lowest prices every day.